You're listening to Creatively Geeky, the support group for your creative process. Hello, and welcome to the Creatively Geeky Show. I'm your host of the evening, Eugene Stevens. I'm joined tonight by uh, Ray and Chris. How are y'all doing? Good. All right. Good. Yeah, tired but good. Tired but good. That's isn't that isn't that adulthood like? So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So uh, tired has pretty much become a, a character trait for <laughs> for me. So um, anyway, uh, tonight is one of our catch up uh, episodes. So uh, tonight we'll be discussing uh, the things that we've been watching, our our input of creativity as compared to the output of creativity. Uh, so with that being said, uh, should we just start with what we're watching? And if so, uh, who wants to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. All right, Ray, what have you been watching? Um, I've gone down the YouTube rabbit hole of defunct land. Oh, and it's so good. I know I, I got away from it for a little bit and I'm going right back down into it. Uh, he hasn't done anything in a while though. No, it's been a while, but, um, I, I just, I had to. Because uh, I got back in, like there, there, I had a couple of that I hadn't watched yet. Um, and with that, I don't know if you've ever heard of Jim Can't Swim. No, I don't think I have. So Jim Can't Swim, um, right at the beginning of like the really peak of uh, like true crime and everybody really getting into true crime. Uh, Jim Can't Swim uh, started a YouTube channel and did a deep dive into the psychology, the criminal psychology of um breakdowns on uh interrogation methods and um what they're what they're looking for when they're actually getting answers and uh anyway really good stuff like there's some really interesting like if you know if you're interested in in that type of thing definitely go check them out but they were off or they they got demonetized and then a lot of their stuff got shut down for quite a while and they just actually reposted uh, right around Christmas time, they they posted a new video, um, and yeah, it was it's good to see them back. And mm-hmm. uh, everybody else is making these videos, so it's weird why they couldn't do their particular interesting <laughs> breakdown. But uh, but yeah, it was really interesting video. So it's uh, yeah, between Defunct Land and Jim Can't Swim, us <laughs> nice watching <laughs> one of the most. I mean. The amount of research that he does on Defunct Land is 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 crazy, uh, but the one that just really blew me away uh, was the one where he talks about how the new uh, what replaced the Fast Pass system, how it doesn't actually help things. Have you watched that one? Not yet. I'm about to. Oh my god. Okay, so I I don't want to ruin it for you, but he he does a he he works with some other people and does a computer model on how fast passes really don't help out with things and actually kind of hurt the number of people that can get through stuff and everything. And, um, uh, at the, the, the end of the video has a, a kind of a surprise and whenever it, it's revealed, it's, it's kind of mind blowing, but yeah, I, yeah. I love that. I love when he does the things. Cause he would also do deep dives on like, there was defunct land TV where he would talk about certain TV shows and stuff like that. And, um, he did it on some shows that I just vaguely kind of remember, uh, like I think he did one on um, Today Special, uh, which I I loved as a kid, and I was just like, you know, I didn't know anything about this. I was like, oh yeah, it was a Canadian show. It was brought over, and I was just like, had no clue. <laughs> yep. 
That's so, not because you know about that. I just thought it was exclusively Canadian. No, they they uh, there was a lot of things that they they imported down here. Uh, awesome. About that time, but yeah, because I, I loved that show when it was yeah. you know, when I was younger, and I didn't know you know a lot about all the different stuff and everything that you know went on behind it and everything. So. Want to watch it <laughs> But but yeah, he's done some ones on that, and I know he's done some ones on you know, you know some other you know TV shows and. Uh, but yeah, some of the, cause I'm not like, I'm not a huge, um, I'm not a huge theme park slash like roller coaster guy. You know what I'm saying? Like uh-huh. it's, it's fun to go from time to time. And, you know, I, you know, Laney of course is, you know, a huge Disney nerd and, you know, tells me about, you know, some of this stuff. Um, but it's, that's really a credit to how good a storyteller he is because, even if you're just mildly interested in some of this stuff, you start watching it and you just, you can't help but get sucked in. You're just like, well, how is that? What happened? You know, what was, what is the story you know, behind captain EO on, you know, at, at, at Disney and stuff like, how did, how did they decide to make a ride based on Michael Jackson? And, you know, like, cause he's done one on that and everything else, but um, yes, fantastic channel. If you, if you're listening and you've never checked out defunct land, you are, you are missing. He is out. He is one of the prime examples of how YouTube is just as good, if not better, than most of the crap that's on cable. Like, I would, I would much prefer to watch one of his shows, at, you know, instead of just randomly flicking around on like History Channel or whatever, because I think it's much more interesting. Yeah. So. I'd love, uh, see, I'd love to see him do something on like the Apollo missions or something. Or just the his with style. that level. Yeah. Yeah. I just anyway. Yeah. So, um, well, Chris, do you want to go next? Or do you want me to? Sure, no, I can go. Um, so, as I'm cursing, um, I, well, we, the whole family, minus Logan, has been watching Willow. Okay. TV. And I, I vaguely remember watching it as a kid, and it wasn't until <laughs> our kids got old enough that we're like, let's watch Willow, mm-hmm. and it's corny and ridiculous and very 80s and all you know around the time of labyrinth and all that kind of stuff yeah. so it was big big trend back then but it was i love warwick davis mm-hmm. he pretty much can do no wrong in my eyes he is he's a national treasure he is wicked he is willow he is professor flitwick he's just like he's everything and he's so cute um so yes we're we're watching it and i do like it um some of it with Willow, I'm trying to remember. I should probably rewatch the movie, but I, I, I'm like, it's a bit. Somebody wrote, somebody, it was a headline that I read that Willow's great until he shows up. <laughs> okay. Like, Joe's great until Willow shows up. I'm like, the whole show's well. And then when I saw the first episode, I'm like, oh, I mean, I kind of can see it because he is, he sort of, for the first chunk, is a bit of a Debbie Downer. Like, he's a bit of a drag. Mm-hmm. Um, He's got a lot of stuff going on and it isn't really until this last episode that we just watched that it all comes out and now it makes sense as to why Willow's been like one foot in, one foot out. And, yeah. Um, but it's, it's uh, all three of us watch it. Logan just sits there and scrolls on her phone. Um, but it's, it's, it's a nice change from all the Star Wars shit that Disney's been pumping out like crazy. So it's, it's a nice change. <laughs> I refuse to watch Andor. And uh, I know why <laughs> being petty. No, I don't. I'll be honest. I don't know if you would like it. It is 
it is a fantastic series, but it is definitely different than anything else Star Wars wise. Like it is very adult. Like I, the boys have asked me and I'm like, we could watch it, but I don't think you're going to like it. It's just so dark and adult. And yeah, so I so. won't but so it's it's a nice change from all the MCU stuff and from mm-hmm. the MCU, because personally I was getting I'm it was a bit of a burnout for me I'm like oh another MCU show woo yeah I'm just I'm not caring as much as <laughs> I used to about it. I'm getting a little apathetic and then the Star Wars stuff I just can't there's so much of it I can't keep it all straight in my head so I just pick and choose with that but yeah Willow's really it's beautiful like visually it's stunning. Um, and the casting, they've got a lot, like a good chunk of the original cast yeah. is back. And they have, you had told me that they had yeah. left room for um, Val Kilmer to come back if he's well enough, if he's able to. If he's ever able to. So they, they used his voice and his with sons. his son and AI to to create a specific scene. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, you don't see him, it's no, his voice. Just the mm-hmm. voice, yeah. Uh, and yeah, part of the reason was they want to leave room for potential. Yeah. So the way they set up the storyline for Mad, uh, I can't remember his name right now, um, for Val Kilmer's character, if he is able to in the future and Disney renews it, um, he can come, he can come back. But Christian Slater was in an episode. <laughs> wow. Nice. Uh, That's pretty cool. Like it's yeah. nostalgia overload. It's amazing. Yeah. It's really, really good. Plus there's a whole, like all these young actors, um, the the one that you probably would recognize, I can't remember her name right now, but she was in one of the Star Wars movies. She was in the Falcon and Winter Soldier show. Yeah. She's the gorgeous the red. red okay. Right? Yeah. Wrote, yeah. So she's in she's in that too. Right? Yeah. Pardon me. She's really she's not doing really anything different. She plays a warrior and kicks ass and she's all broody and stuff. But um, she's the only one that I really recognize outside of Warwick Davis. Uh no the um what's his name from Spider Man. Oh, him too. Oh, yeah. Flash from Spider-Man. The he's, new in one. It. he's in it too. Okay. And I like I'm I like his characters. I have no idea. I don't know about him. I haven't figured him out yet. But it's yeah. good. So anyways, I'm it's rambling. Yeah. Yes, it's very good. Uh, it's a lovely change of pace for Disney, and I hope they pick other fantasy shows outside of Star Wars and MCU. <laughs> like. I feel like there's more. They have a massive catalog. Let's oh just... yeah, they've got a huge catalog. They yeah, they definitely need to yeah. definitely need to go back and start remining some stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though what they currently keep mining, which I don't, I think I posted this on the back channel. I, it was shortly after I had rewatched uh, Muppet Christmas Carol over the Christmas break, and someone had posted something or another about they're tired of Disney redoing all these old cartoon movies as live actions. They're like, you own the Muppets. Why yeah. are we not getting Beauty yeah. and the Beast as a Muppet? I'm just like, yes, yeah. that. That would be amazing. Or Anything is Muppets. Marvel movies. Yes, they could do that too. Come on. They, oh they, God, what if they did a what if where they did uh, they did Muppets that way? That would be fantastic. That would right? be cool. Oh, that would be so good. Gonzo would be Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> Those would stretch. Yeah. But I'm like. Because uh, the, the 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 thing they put forth, and I think we even expounded on the idea, was like, you know, what if you got like a like everyone's a Muppet except for the Beast, and it's we pick a really handsome dude, and I was like, John Hamm would be perfect for this because the man can act like no one's business because he can do both the serious and the silly, and I think he interacting with Muppets would look awesome. But yeah. literally, of course, at the end when he 
you know, becomes beautiful. He, you know, it's a Muppet version of him. I think that would be great. That would be hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah. Everyone's like, oh, he's hideous. It's like, no, it's John Hamm. So, well, all the other Muppets are turning into pe- uh, other actors. Like other people. Oh, like, oh, yes, that would be even better. <laughs> oh, they could do they could do the hell out of that. Oh, that would be so funny. Disney, you owe us. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I no, I I agree with you on that. They're 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 I'm enjoying the stuff that they're doing still with the Marvel and Disney and Marvel and and Star Wars stuff. I understand where you're kind of getting a little tired of it. Uh, you're not the only one. I have other friends that are in the same boat. Um, yeah. but uh, it's on my to do list. I just haven't gotten around to it. I've been uh, I was hoping to get a lot of TV and movies watched over the Christmas break, and it it just didn't happen. Like it just Seems like there was always something small coming up. I was like, well, I'll take care of this and I'll get back to it. And then I just, I just never did. So, um, so my, my watch, I actually have not finished it. I've got two episodes left. Um, I am currently watching, um, Wednesday on Netflix. Um, first off the ridiculousness of everyone online going, Oh, Netflix isn't renewed it. It may be going somewhere else. Oh, they renewed it. Their season two. They, They like, I, Number one, like it is featured like you cannot log into Netflix without it being like the first thing that they're advertising right now. And I'm like, their name is all over this. I'm like, there is they were never going to let this thing go. Like it's they were just holding it out for you people to be stupid and write about and everything. Um, I'm enjoying it. I'm what the funny thing is, is I'm sitting there watching. I'm going, you know, this is very (sighs) teen drama type. Yeah. Um, and yet I'm still enjoying it because normally I would not be really into that type of thing. Yeah. But and I don't know if it's just I, I'm wrestling over this idea of do I just enjoy it because it is the Adams family and I do have a soft spot in my heart. Like if these were different care like different named people, like it's just this new thing, it's just this weird family that has this girl that's whatever, would I still care? And I don't know if I would or not. I don't know if I would have given it a shot or not. Um, that being said, um, I, like I said, I'm enjoying it. And it doesn't matter that it's kind of teeny, drama you know, type of thing. Um, I am very glad that people have started pointing out, because it's funny, before I even started seeing anything, uh, I, I'd read something with my partner, and I talked to my partner about it, I was like, you see this this crap where people are getting on to you know the some of the casting talking about how they've got um uh, what's his name playing Gomez um oh uh, yeah yeah uh, yeah Luis Guzman yeah. and I'm like and as I said it he looks at me and goes Have they never seen the original cartoon like the original no, and I'm just like yes. exactly yeah. yeah he's he they've gone back because Raul Julia and Tim Curry while attractive men. That's not how Gomez is supposed no. to be. He's no. short, he's plump, um, Marticia's tall and willowy. Yeah. And yeah. I mean and I think that's I think part of the issue is a lot of people that's what they know as the Adams family. Yeah. So when they see a different representation, it's like, what is this? This is not this is not the suave, extremely outgoing Gomez Adams that I'm used to. This guy is is more humble and quieted and yeah. Um, I like this. I like this version of. Bob. I do too. Yeah. He's so sweet and he's so dear and he. I love what he calls Wednesday. His little viper, his little storm yeah. cloud, his little <laughs> scorpion. And I'm like, yes. oh, those are so cute. He just loves her. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
So my um I know about Uncle Fester. Yeah. I the next episode's actually where he comes in and I'm totally down for it's funny because I, I was listening to someone, someone was like, I'm watching this show and they're like He's not playing Fester. He's playing himself just dressed up and just being himself. And he's like, and yet I'm oddly still just like, no, this is fine. I'm totally fine. Yeah, <laughs> What's his name? He's played Fester. But um, the whole time I was watching it, in the back of my head, I kept thinking, what does Chris think about this? <laughs> uh, because we've had multiple conversations. Like we've talked about if you could reboot anything, if you could modernize something, if you could do it. And Adam's family is kind of one of your go-tos. So the whole time, um, if you have not watched the show – um, part of the drama that's going on in the show is um, Wednesday is 15. She's turning 16. She, she's at that age. And she is rebelling against her parents, very heavily so. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, one of the things you pointed out that you love about the Adams family so much, and I totally agree with you, is the fact that they love their kids and support their kids no yeah. matter how and what they are. And I thought, well, this is kind of odd, but but just a little bit of information you get at the very beginning of the first episode, I'm just like, it doesn't seem like they're really trying. Like, she feels like they're trying to put her in a box and make sure she, you know, I'm not going to be like you, mom. I'm not going to be a housewife. I'm not going to, you know, my life is not going to revolve around kids and all that. And I never really got that that's what they were pushing for. And so this last episode, when they have the resolution of that, I'm just like, and I, I said it today in the chat, I'm just like, kind of seems like. Wednesday's just rebelling for rebellion's sake and can't ever imagine a teenager doing that. Well, and that's the thing, right? So, cause that was the one sticking point was their relationship, right? Because she, Morticia is Morticia and she's very different from Wednesday. And, but the whole thing about the Adams family and why it's so amazing is that they do, they just love their kids for who they are and it doesn't matter. And the fact that they made this, weird tension between the two of them that just felt very very fake and Wednesday was like had it in her head that her mother was like you will be like and that was never the they they she did not want to go to Evermore which is why she kept going from high school to high school to high school was because she absolutely refused and then kind of got expelled from everything and had to go yeah and and it it, it bugs me because the relationship between um Enid and her mother, have you been to Parents' Day? Now? Yes, I have okay. seen Parents' Day. Yes, that's the episode where they get things resolved. So between Enid and her mother, that makes sense because her yes. mother refuses yes. to see her as anything other than she you will be this, you are going to do if anything else is not an option. So Enid is just desperate. You're like, Mom, just see me. Except I am, just, I, I'm not gonna, and I'm okay with it. Please mm -hmm. just trust that I'm okay with it. And she just wants it. So that was very believable. The the one um, Xavier and his dad, that's believable because his dad just basically dumped him there and he left. Yeah. And then Bianca and her mom, and that makes sense. But yeah, the one with Wednesday and, and Morticia, that was my only sticking point is I felt really forced and kind of ridiculous because it's like she's she's moody about enough stuff. You're going to create tension where there isn't any. Right. The only thing I could think of, and this is just Trying to play devil's advocate. Oh, I love it when you do that. <laughs> um, is that she? She's rebelling against the idea of her being in love, and she's rebelling. Like, if she goes to this school, there's a potential for her to fall in love like her mom did, and she doesn't want that. She she's terrified of being in love. Maybe. Well, she even says like, you know, I 
whatever we do, it's, I can never be as good as you are. You're like, you know, I'm on the fencing team. You were the captain. I won the competition. You won it four times. Like I will yeah. never be able to reach. And she's like, it's not a competition, dear. Like it's yeah, it never yes. was. Cause yeah. I yeah. just love you. Yeah. And so, yeah, but, um, I, uh, I so wish there was a Nevermore Academy when I was a teenager. I <laughs> never, ever fit in in high school. It was brutal. And to just go to a place where ev- like nobody fits in. and you Everyone's just, an outcast. Everybody's an outcast. And you're yes. just, you are who you are. And nobody gives a shit. Like you can genuinely be your mm-hmm. authentic self. And there's a strong likelihood that somebody's going to be weirder than you. Would have been amazing. I do like the kid with the bees. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Eugene. So. Yeah. Sorry, Eugene. <laughs> Every time there's a character named Eugene, they're either weird or wimpy or... He can control bees. I don't think he knows that yet. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so the oh, one oh. character that I actually had the most problem with was Pugsley. I was just like, he just... Oh, okay. I yeah. never felt that he would have been that big of a wimp, I guess to say. Like, yeah. un- insecure. Insecure is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Yes. So. I agree. I don't think he quite would have been, but I think they made it a point of, I think they said it like right from the beginning that this is not a sibling story. This is just right. solely on Wednesday. So it kind of made Pugsley uninteresting on purpose so that you wouldn't be wondering what he's doing. You know what's interesting now that I think about it? I know they've reviewed, renewed it for season two. Yeah. I would assume that would be her essentially sophomore year at Nevermore. How it, if there's only two or three years between the two of them, how interesting would it be for the third or fourth season if they do one where now Pugsley joins her and we see him actually grow up, and grow up. And, and yeah. that would be interesting. Who knows? They may be playing that long game. But uh, yeah, Pugsley's the one character that was a little yeah. I was like, I don't know if I really like the casting of everyone else. And then, oh, my God, the guy who does all of the work for uh thing is yeah. fantastic. So not just thing, but the re like the the stitches and like the scars. Oh yeah, they made it like all Frankenstein. That was really cool. I love that. I I think it's a great addition. Yes, that was one of my favorite things. And once again, he's just like all these other great characters. He's of course doesn't ever say a word, but just the the emotion that he gets across by. I love the fact that he has a, a you know different version of sign language that he can do to kind of talk and that she understands it. And I'm just like, of course, of course, that's how this would be. This is, <laughs> this is great. So uh, one more character I want to bring up before we go on Um, her, her roommate, Enid, I wasn't sure about her at first. I love that young lady. She's fantastic. She has an infectious smile. I love how she's still, What's funny is, is there's a, a guy that I, I listen to as a podcaster. He's like, everyone else has been telling him, he's like, you need to watch this. And he's like, well, which one of my daughters would this hit the most? And it, no, all of them. The entire family's going to love this. And he's like, the only problem is, is my wife, my wife's unsure about watching it because she kind of feels like it's watching his middle daughter roommating with his middle daughter from two years ago. Like she was very outgoing and bright and sunny and very colorful. And now she's kind of going through an emo stage. And she, he's like, <laughs> he's like, it's going to be kind of weird to watch a show where it's literally like, Oh, Hey, look, that was you from two years ago. And here's you now. <laughs> so, but uh, no, very seriously, if you have not watched, it doesn't matter, you know, male, female, whatever, however old you are, you don't have to be, you know, a teenager to it. it. This is a great show. It's fantastic. It's fun. So 
the teen angst I feel like is at a minimum because I've seen other, like I watched uh, uh, Winks the fairy one on Netflix and mm-hmm. it, there are some super cheesy parts in it you're like oh right, you're eye rolling you're like okay calm down but like I feel like the teen angst and all that drama is it's not at the forefront she they've made Wednesday the complete focus of the whole show yes absolutely yeah, for sure all right um let's move on to uh what we're listening to ray what are you listening to um i was doing quite a bit of podcasts because it's hockey time and we're getting closer to the trade deadline and stuff like that so uh <laughs> the chris johnson uh podcast uh which is on the sdpn um uh, so i've been listening to that quite a bit but you know i kind of hit the nostalgia button we, we listened to sing their or sorry, we watched Sing the other day, mm-hmm. and uh, it was yesterday. That's right. And then I was kind of like, oh, I should go down the the because uh, in Sing two, U two comes at Bono actually joins Sing two, and uh, I'm like, you know what, I need to listen. So I listened to some U two on the way to work, and and then I was listening to some Foo Fighters. So I got back into the '90s mix of of rock because that's my go-to. That's where I feel most comfortable. So yeah, nice. Listen most of that. Gotcha. Cool. Uh, Chris, what have you been listening to? Um, two things. Scott Myers, Authorities 2, which I can never remember the sequel name. And yeah, we're so we're almost on that one. But then the one that I'm listening to that nobody else is, is Overstory, which is Jen's pick for Marjolaine Geeky. Mm-hmm. And I have five and a half hours left. She's a slog. She's a slog of a book. And I don't know if it's because I'm listening to it and the, and the narration is slow, or if it's just... So I don't... I like the book now. When I started it, I was like, what is this? This is very messy. I don't know where this is going. It's a lot more cohesive now, and it makes more sense, and I'm actually interested. But it is getting to the point where I'm like, are we are we done yet? Is this book over? Why do I still mm-hmm. have hours left? What is left to tell? What is left to tell? But it's an interesting um, – I kind of think of it as environmental historical fiction kind of. Mm-hmm. Really cool, which I haven't read anything like that before. So – it's definitely, definitely interesting. Super flowery language, which sometimes I glaze over and I'm like, do they really, do, she, do they, do you really need to write it like that? Unnecessarily complicated, whatever. So I'd have to re-listen to it at like one and a half times. Yes, because it is a female narrator. She does have that. So in, interesting thing sorry to chat real quick we are doing that next month right we're doing the recap yeah okay just double check and i was like crap i need i need to go listen to it no no, no. i wanted <laughs> to start it now because i knew it would take me a while okay well i was just double checking because yeah. sean's also trying to listen to it and i was just like did i did i get confused or okay good but it is the first chunk is a slog because you're listening to because it's a bunch of it seems very disjointed and you're like what is the point of all this and then eventually it starts making sense but yeah, you have to power through. <laughs> <Gotcha>. a <little> bit. <laughs> so the the book that I had picked a while ago and then changed mm-hmm. uh, for yep. that one. Yeah. Yeah, same narrator, and I'm wondering if it's her issue. Hmm. Oh, it's the same narrator. Oh, yeah. I don't know. maybe. Could be. Because it does make a difference. Because I can only listen to Jim Gale when he's narrating Harry Potter. Yeah, Apparently. gotcha. Anywhere else, I hate it. So it's no offense to his narrator, but. Um, so I've started listening to two different podcasts. So I listened to a 
I, I started listening to a podcaster. Uh, he does a political podcast called Politics, Politics, Politics. And um, it's the it's the one political podcast that I would listen to. And then he started another one where it's him and two other people, and it's called We're Not Wrong. And it's him and these these two other people, uh, Jen Briney and uh, Andrew Heaton. And um, they both have their own podcast or whatever. Well, anyway, they get together and they'll talk about a subject and they could completely disagree on whatever's going on. But they joke. They have fun. They never get angry with each other. And in some cases, they're like, no, that, that's a good point. You may have actually turned me around on this idea. So it's very – it's the type of political discussion you, you would like to have. What, yeah. What's it called again? It, well, the name of this podcast is We're Not Wrong. We're Not Wrong. Um, and what's funny is is because Justin Robert Young sometimes will be like specifically antagonize the other two into – he's like, oh, are you going to take that down? You know, that type of thing, you know. But um, anyway – so I've been listening to that for a while, and I got caught up on a bunch of other stuff, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to give the other two a chance and listen to their original podcast. So the two podcasts that I've started listening to, one is called The Political Orphanage, and it's done by a gentleman by the name of Andrew Heaton. He used to work in Washington. Um, he uh, actually worked, I think, for – I think he said Fox News for a while. Um he used to be – he was never what you would call a hardcore Republican, but he was definitely in the Republican Party, mainly for the economics. And he's like, I'm I'm a political orphan now because uh, the party has left me, and the Democrats are just as freaking crazy, but for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, I'm a political outcast. And his show, what little bit I've, li- I've listened to, is he will get these people who are – either experts or at least think they're experts on stuff and he'll discuss stuff with them. Like the one I was listening to just like yesterday, I think, Oh, it made my head, my head hurt. It was this guy. And he was, it was, imagine the most extreme, um, ideology of why we should not be part of NATO and how it's kind of hard to describe but he won't necessarily – he's not going to argue with his, his guest. He may bring up some points and ask stuff or whatever. And then after he has this conversation, he'll go find someone on the complete opposite end of the scale and interview them as well so that you get both yeah. sides. Yeah. And I was like, this is fantastic. Like, yes, he does some – you know, he will kind of point out some stuff as he's going along. But he also does a lot of research on his stuff. And some of the stuff he's pointed out, I'm just like, I never knew that. And I sure as hell wasn't going to get it from, you know, normal media. The other one that I'm listening to, so that's, that one's called uh, the political orphanage. The other one I've started listening to is called, is Jen Briney's uh, show. And it's called congressional dish. And the two hour episode she just put out, I think this last week, this last month, um, may actually be one of the most important episodes of any podcast I've ever heard. She basically uh, – the the point of her show is she actually goes through and reads all of these huge bills and proposals that go through Congress and wow. breaks them down. Wow. She actually reads them and does this. And the last episode she put out uh, on the anniversary of, uh, of um, January 6th yeah. was basically condensing – I think it was 29 hours of – of the um, January 6th uh, hearings that they did over eight sessions. It's like 29 hours. She condensed all of that information into a two hour show. 
now she is very, very uh, anti-Trump. I wish she had not put in that political view as she was reading and getting all, getting information out. But because she took a lot of snippets from actual, you know, from the actual thing. And so you're hearing these people say this stuff in their own voice. Um, I the only reason I wish that is because otherwise I would totally point this to anyone who could possibly think he at this point should not be tried for treason and say, just go listen to this. It's two hours of your life. Just listen to this and just tell me what you think afterwards. Like there's the what's it it, what? What's it called again? Just con congressional dish. And it, it's specifically the uh, the um, uh, January 6th breakdown. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like you know, she specifically says, you know, this asshole, this jerk, you know, he, he did. You know, I wish she hadn't put that stuff in there, but it's her show. You know, she's going to do it the way she wants. And uh, but, yeah, the whole time I'm listening to it, I'm just like, man, you're absolutely right. They screwed that up so bad. They should not have done this over eight sessions over multiple months over 20 if they had boiled this down to a two hour thing two or three hour thing and presented it to the american people all in one cohesive thought out way i think things would be a lot different but yeah. as the way it is now it's like oh we're gonna pepper some stuff in and pepper some more stuff in. And it's just like yeah they screwed up and she even says this i you know even though i'm glad they did this these hearings they screwed up the way they did it yeah. so um if you're thinking about doing anything you know if you want to know if you want to know more about uh the 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 u.s political system these are actually two really good podcasts to go listen to like i said she's obviously a uh a never trumper but by that means she also and she does you know talk bad about the republicans republicans quite a bit but she drags the democrats through shit as well so yeah. like she'll point out oh no they're doing this or doing that or whatever so um but yeah if if you want to get kind of a clue as to where they sit on the spectrum of the three of the three shows I just said, we're not wrong is the one I would point you to because it's the most fun, the most lighthearted, and the most kind of back and forth debate. If you're looking for something that's got more factual, like research wise, then go check out one of the other two. So, yeah. all right, Ray, um, what have what's the, what's the next question? What have you been thinking about? Thinking. All right, so um, I was listening to Steve Dangle podcast uh, today on the way home. Yeah. And they were talking about some stuff. And again, it's a hockey podcast, so you don't really expect them to talk about anything other than hockey. And then they started talking about wrestling. And they talked about uh, the whole selling of the WWE, uh, what that's kind of looking like, dear, like why they're losing so many fans. Um, Vince McMahon is a complete dick. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, so some shit's going down there. But one thing that I've been thinking about, and I might actually approach you about doing a show on it, uh, he, he, so Steve Dago was talking about the time when he was a kid, and he had the little wrestlers, and they were playing with the wrestlers and all that stuff, and then he got Woody as a wrestler, and couple, but his favorite wrestler that was a non-wrestler was Megabyte from Ruby. <laughs> and I'm like... Fuck yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> so Megabyte I, was jacked. Oh, Megabyte was yeah, fucking awesome. Jacked. So anyway, I was like, fuck. What other like historical for us anyway, uh, cartoons or or animations or even serial? Just call our cartoon history historical. Yes, my dude. 
<laughs> it you is. have to. That's, I feel that's well, rude. You're rude. That's, that's too much they're, historical. They're old. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, just take a look at all that and, and kind of thinking of creating our own, like our own Royal Rumble. That would be awesome. Okay, we each get a certain number and we they go into the ring and then we kind of play out how that would all go down. That would be a lot of fun. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure uh, Joseph would want to join us on that one. So hell, we might even be able to talk Lou on for that one. <laughs> it would be a lot of fun. I think it would be too. That's a great idea. Yeah. Anyway. So. That's what I've been thinking. Good deal. Uh, Chris, what have you been thinking about? Um, so I don't know what it's like where you are, but here in Canada, the food prices have gone ballistic, and it's projected mm. that our food uh, prices are going to go up another 11% this year, and that to me is bonkers, and it also makes me a little worried because um, <clears throat> we're Ray's got a wonderful job and we're very blessed that way. So really buying food isn't, it's not a worry for us. We're lucky that way. Here there are people who are going hungry because they literally cannot afford the basics because they've gone, every time I go to the grocery store, something has gone up. Mm-hmm. Something that I usually buy has gone up by 50 cents, by a dollar. Um, and it's, a little bit frightening to me that this isn't projected to peter out it's going to keep going up and so what i've been thinking about more and more is food preservation and becoming a more ingredient based house and having less pre-made snacks and less pre-made stuff Mm -hmm. because ingredients are cheaper than the processed packaged thing usually honorable that's how it works so i've been looking into uh, the type of equipment that we would need, what I'm, what I'm willing to do, because there's, you know, there's limits. I can't do everything. No, absolutely, yeah. Um, so I, my new goal is to make as much as, of our bread as possible, our bread products. So, pardon me. Um, and then my mom got me a this like 15 in one thing. It's like an air fryer. It's a this. It's also a dehydrator. Oh, nice. So I'm going to learn how to dehydrate food because uh, I've wanted a dehydrator for years. Um, but it's just scary to me that I'm I'm at the point now where I'm like, geez, I'm trying to keep our grocery bill under a certain number. And I'm having a really hard time and I'm not buying extra stuff. I'm just buying and I have a grocery list and I've made my menu plan and I've been doing that for years. I'm not one that walks in and is like, I don't know, and buys the things. I have a very meticulous list. And I don't go with him because the list always gets shot to hell. <laughs> I'm not. Good. No, he's not. And that's why I do it. And he doesn't like grocery shopping. And I do. I, I enjoy it. Oh, I don't mind it. I just go to one store. Oh, and I go to two. And it, and they're <laughs> side by side. That's the thing. You park in the same parking lot. And it's not the point. But it's just something that's been weighing heavily on my mind that, you know, even though he makes a really great salary, we're we're starting to be like okay this this can't go much higher or we're like needing to make some decisions and i just can't imagine what it's like for people who are on fixed income or who are lower tax bracket um yeah it's just scary so food preservation i want to learn how to can two types the 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 pressure canning freaks me out a little bit because there's a lot of anyway science that i don't understand um 
and you know dehydrating all that stuff and just creating a pantry I already know where I want in the basement not to and it's not because I don't trust the government and I and I'm planning friend of days and all that other crap that preppers do it's not that it's just the price of food has gone up that it's becoming more and more apparent that in becoming an ingredient based house is probably the most frugal way for us to go about it so that's all I've been just that. Just light thing, light pots. No, I yeah, exactly. Let's do a wrestling podcast with cartoons. Exactly. And <laughs> price of food. Yeah. Um I, I guess I'm some you are if it's if food prices No, are. no, price of foods are definitely going up. Like for a while now I have um increased our our weekly budget from three hundred to four hundred dollars, you know, and that's for, you know, laundry detergent and stuff like that as well. So, you know, some weeks it's heavier than others and uh, you know, used to it was like, okay, well, we're 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 keeping it under 300. It's fine, and it didn't take long, you know, until last year that was like, all right, I really got to bump this up to 400 just to kind of make sure. And now it's same thing. And the sad thing is, is in some cases it's like, well, I kind of wanted to make this, but now that I thought about it, I I, I might be able to go to a fast food restaurant and buy it for almost the same thing. Like, what is going on at the grocery store? It's crazy. Um, of course, there's a running joke right now that I keep seeing everyone posting about, you know, uh, the price of eggs. Yeah. And yeah, eggs are stupid expensive for what they are. I mean, it's not they're not like, you know, everyone's going to start killing each other over, you know, eggs or whatever. It's not like that. But it's just, yeah. you know, it's it's crazy that it's like seven or eight dollars for a carton of eggs. And it's like, yeah, that was like two or three dollars a year ago. Like, what the hell? It yeah. is scary to know to, to visibly see it because, you know, over the course of years things go up by pennies mm -hmm. incrementally right but or like, they shrink the pack well, i was gonna say or that's the other thing is hey it's still still the same low price but now it's 28 ounces instead of 32 and so i, I took a look at a uh it was funny um i was taking a look at a, we, we buy tea and it comes in a package and uh in what in one of the packages last year there's 24 bags of tea mm -hmm. and then i i looked at the one that we bought recently and there's 20 bags. Oh. So four less bags of tea, same price, same packaging. I'm like, what the fuck? Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. And so it's just, it's to see it just jump so drastically. Like last year, it's it's been a year and it just keeps getting more and more and more. And it's, yeah, it's freaking me out a little bit. But again, not from a, it, it, it's distribution lines. Like when we had our big blizzard here um, over Christmas, it, I mean, it shut down three counties around here, three or four yeah. counties. So distribution lines got blocked. It was half of the province was under this blizzard warning for like five days. Yeah. And you come out of it and it's affected the distribution system. So there's blocks of shelves in the grocery store that are completely empty because the trucks haven't been able to make it because of the road closures and stuff like that. So there's things like that that it's beyond any – it's weather. You can't control the weather. So things like that, and the weather's only going to get more and more unpredictable. So it's just trying to create a peace of mind. Again, I'm not building a bunker. I <laughs> don't want us to wear tinfoil hats because I think people are reading our minds from space. And I do trust my government a healthy amount. But when the zombies come, well, we know where we're going. So yes, I know. Exactly. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I know where I'm going. I'm not putting up a back crack. The, uh, no, I, no, I totally get that. Um, I guess my thought is somewhere in between the two. Um, so I have 
this week started putting together these uh, matrixes that I had originally 3D printed and, and bought the stuff for back in June or so. Um, I'm and I went ahead and put my store, my Etsy store, on vacation mode because I was like, I don't want to have to deal with anything because we were in Tyler for like a week. I was like, I don't have to deal with any of that stuff. Um, you know, it's we're halfway through January almost, and my store is on vacation mode still. Um, I got to really looking through my messages, and I really haven't had anyone asking for the Matrix for quite a while. And um, I'm pretty certain these are the last ones I'm doing. I think this is my last, my right. final round. Yeah. Um, I think I'm just gonna. I was thinking, I was playing with the idea of keeping my Etsy store, and who knows, I may open it back up and just offer the small things that I can just do, that the simple things that take hardly any time at all to do. Um, but there's also a part of me that's just like, for what? For what reason? Why? I mean, yeah, I might make another forty to a hundred dollars maybe a month if it's a if it's a good month. I'm like, is is even just that little bit of time worth it? And I'm I'm kind of debating that, but I think this is definitely the last matrix. I'm just like I was telling, I was trying to explain it to my boys this morning. How you know, uh, well, you know, I sell them for 150. Well, the the parts and stuff are 60 to 70 dollars, and it costs 20 dollars to ship it. And I'm like, by the time you do that, if it takes me four hours to roughly, you know, roughly four hours to put one together, how much is Dave paying himself? And uh, I'm just like, I don't think it's really worth my time anymore. So uh, I think I'm either going to just go to the very simple stuff on my Etsy store, or I'm just going to shut it down completely and be like, I'm done. Um, Cause I don't, like I said, there's not a lot of people banging down my door asking, you know, for some of this stuff anymore. And who knows? I may have, and like I was telling my partner today, I said, I may have hit kind of market saturation anyway. It, so it may be, you know, this is just kind of the natural thing that, that's come around. But uh, um, yeah, I, I, I kind of think I'm done. Like I'm going to get these last ones together. What's funny is, is my, 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 I call him my contact. Uh, the dude, Carl, who's bought several of them from me. He's already told me, he's like, well, I, however many you do for this last run, I may buy most of them from you. So I may already have them sold uh, and just be like, all right, Carl, I'll just I'll and sell the rest of them to you. So Joseph wants to buy one. The problem I'm having is is I've got back here behind me, I've got a Mark One, you know, the first generation ones I did, signed by Peter Cullen. I'm going to go see the man in March. And I'm playing with the idea of I don't have a Mark II built for myself. And part of me is like, do I take two Mark IIs with me and I give him one of them and I have him sign the other one as my own, as my personal one? And then this one, if I ever decided I needed to make a little extra scratch, I could literally auction off, hey, here's an Autobot Matrix that I designed and made and everything else signed by the man himself um, and just – you know, see, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of playing around with that idea. So that's what's going through my head is, uh, uh-huh. am I severely paring back my Etsy store and keeping that like it is, or am I just closing up shop? And what's funny was, is I was like, I couldn't wait. There was a, so there was a big stretch of time. I was so excited and could not wait to get to a, a thousand sales. So it would literally say I had a thousand, over a thousand sales. And, you know, and it's like, now I'm just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. So, yeah. Anyway, that's what I've been thinking about. All right. Uh, if we want to run through this really quick, uh, the last thing we have in there is what we've been doing. Uh, you want to run through that real quick? Yeah, I've got uh, uh, three things. So one is paintings. I, I've actually made it through a couple of paintings, which uh-huh. is fun. Yeah, you have. Um, 
I was able to get uh, one done that the request from a couple of years ago. So uh, glad to get that one off my chest. And nice. <laughs> um, I made a bathtub tray. <gasps> somebody somebody wanted a bathtub tray. Only one in the house that takes baths. <laughs> <laughs> and she likes to watch her movies. I like she's, to watch so, that I, I totally get that, yeah. So uh, I was able to bang one out uh, yesterday pretty quick, so it uh, worked out nicely. Mm-hmm. And uh, I watched Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, the, I'm working on a 2,000-piece puzzle that uh, the, the kids got, uh, got me for, well, uh, that Logan got for me for Christmas, Christmas. and... Uh, a lot of my progress has gone backwards because of the stupid cat. So I, uh, yeah. She likes to sit on it. Gotcha. Anyway, uh, so yeah, working on that too. Nice. Uh, Chris, what have you been up to? So I've been making stuff. Obviously. <laughs> this has gotten a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be. Um, so I, oh God. <laughs> I said it too. Uh, Jeez. <laughs> so, so I I um I remember last time saying that I wanted to put a dent in my to-do pile, like of my crochet stuff. So I went down there sometime last month and was like, all right, I, what do I have? I know I have stuff. What is it? I wound up frogging two projects, frogging me, ripping it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is part of one of the projects that I ripped apart. Um, and I felt really good about it. I'm like, I don't like this. This is just sitting here. So I ripped it all apart, rewound all the yarn. Um, I, that sweater that I was going to make for my niece is now a blanket because I was like, who am I kidding myself? I'm not making her a fucking sweater. And it's been two years and she has forgotten. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just started making a blanket out of that and I need more yarn, obviously. So a couple of the colors are uh, out of stock. So I'm just waiting for that. And now my basket, my little basket that I made is down to um one blanket which is good that i planned on making a long time ago so once i've done this i'm gonna do that one and just yeah um and oh and i'm painting quinn's room i already painted quinn's room but what he wants to do is we're going with the theme of a time traveler's room Mm -hmm. like a set design style or anything it's like he time travels and picks up little tchotchkes from each time period he's in so he has, you know, a couple of swords. He's got some Nerf guns. He's got, you know, Warhammer. He's got a lot of stuff. So I painted his room. And then he had the idea of kind of trying to paint rips in time, like in Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found some glow-in-the-dark paint. Nice. So he drew all over his walls where he wanted them. And then he wanted this one scene. It's in Monster Hunter and it's a specific, it's a near Gante, Nagante, near Gante, um, animal. And he wanted the scene that you, it's like the, the time ripped open and you're looking into that universe. So I, he, uh, I pinched it off. It's up in his room. I printed off a picture of a scene and I'm go- I've ripped the edges and I'm going to, you're going to hate, I'm going to mod podge it to the wall <laughs> and then put glow in the dark paint around it. And uh, yeah, no, I didn't tell him about that. Um, so that's, that's what I'm doing. And I, re- I rearranged Quinn's room a little bit, but we're going to put a crap ton of shelves in there because boy, he likes to, we're in the Warhammer era of his nerdum right now and he's got he got a crap ton of D D figures from my mom for christmas so he's got stuff nice yeah and a lot of lego stuff 
It'll be fine. It's only this big. It's like, it's fine. It'll be fine. Don't worry. I know what I'm doing. It's okay. It's all good. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> I have a suggestion for you if you're going to go that far. I am going. I've already gone that far. I, just I can't find my. You're lucky I can't find my Mod Podge or else it would already be done. <laughs> what were you going to say, Ray? <laughs> oh, if we're going that far, I'm bringing in the drywall compound and actually building the edges out over top of the paper after you Mod Podge it and cracking it, looking, make it look like there's an actual hole through it. Well, you're going to go. Go big, right? In time that we've got going on. Where I were might you? As well. Where were you? A work. <laughs> Making the grocery money. <laughs> there you go. Um, what I've been doing. Um, I brought home several things. I was hoping to try to get some small projects done over the break. And I didn't get anything done. And I, I'm feeling that urge. All right. I need, to start some, I need to start knocking some projects off. But I've just been spending time with my family, and I've been enjoying it. So um, uh, Alex got an Xbox One – I'm sorry, an Xbox Series S for Christmas. And Nick has been using my Xbox One S. It's sitting here I'm looking at right now. And um, we've been trying to find some games to play and talking with Ray and Sean and one of the other friends, Mike. Uh, I bought Diablo and have started playing with them, and – Diablo 3. Uh, Diablo 3, I'm sorry to be specific. And uh, I've got my boy started on it, and they're enjoying it. In fact, we've even we've even managed to pull our friend uh, Lewis into it. And uh, part of me is just like, God, I wish uh, Joseph had, wouldn't have found a PlayStation 5 because I almost had talked into getting an Xbox, and then he could have joined us as well. So, But uh, anyway, so I've been playing games with the boys, and that's been a hell of a lot of fun. Um, and over the Christmas break, Christy and I, you know, going through watching our traditional Christmas stuff, and she brings up, oh, we haven't watched Festivus yet. We haven't watched the Festivus episode of Seinfeld yet. So we watched it. Um, I don't know if you realize or not, there were only nine seasons of Seinfeld, and Festivus was halfway through the ninth season. It was literally at the very end. Wow. Yeah, I thought it was much earlier. So anyway, um, we watched it, and then she goes, do you you want to keep watching? I was like, yeah, sure. We can watch another episode or so. And we ended up finishing the ninth season. And then she went back and started the ninth season. And then we watched the eighth season. And now we're starting the seventh season. And we're just having fun. And I was like, do we want to go back to like season two or three and just start there? She's like, no, we'll just keep going this way. <laughs> but yeah, we're having fun. And there are some episodes that um, I don't remember the main plot. Like I'll remember like, you know, the A or B plot, but not necessarily the A plot. And it's kind of interesting going some of these going, I don't remember this one, or watching and going, is this the one where, and you know, it's it, sometimes yeah. I get it right. Sometimes like, oh no, that was a, that was a different one where this happened. But yeah. um, I'm having fun watching old TV with my wife and I'm having fun, Bye. you know, playing games with the boys and just kind of relaxing. Like I said, I, I am feeling, you know, we're about to start getting up and going in again with uh Ghostbuster stuff. You know, I've already got a bunch of stuff lined up for different stuff and um so I gotta start kinda getting on the ball with that. But I'm I'm just I'm uh, not doing an Etsy store also gives me more time to do the stuff that I want to do. Yeah. Uh that's also part of it. But yeah, I'm just kind of enjoying doing whatever right now and, and having fun with that and uh, I'm looking forward to start getting started on projects again. I've got a crap ton of them I, <laughs> I need to do, but uh, yeah, it's been fun to just kind of like 
no, you know what? I'm just going to sit here and watch YouTube or whatever. So just to throw one more thing out there, um, I got, I was looking for some more stuff to watch and I found this guy. It's uh blacktail, blacktail woodworking, I think is what it is. And he's, he makes these uh, like eight and nine foot long tables that are like live edge with, with re- resin pours. Yep. And he talks about not only how he does it, like he actually did an entire series on like, if you have ever wanted to do this, buy this, and I literally go step by step on how to do it. Okay. Uh, but he talks about how you know, you know, yeah, this is a this is an eighteen thousand dollar table that I'm doing. Yeah. And when he talks about it, and you're just like, my God, why is it so? And he's like, well, the wood that I bought was three grand. Like buying this slab was three grand by itself. He's like, and then there's several thousand dollars worth of resin. He's like, in this, you know, you pour it, and now it has to sit here for two weeks and completely dry out and stuff. And he goes, that's part of my shop. I can't use. Yeah. And so like when you start breaking it down, you're just like, Oh no, I understand now why this is $18,000. Not that I'm ever going to buy one, but still, uh, but yeah, just watching stuff like that, watching other people be creative and stuff and just is, has been fun. So anyway, all right. Uh, I think that is our show for the month. Ladies and gentlemen, if you would, please give us a five star rating on iTunes, Google stitch, wherever it is you listen to the show, you can find us at epicallygeeky.com where you can, Watch and listen to the rest of our shows, including the Epically Geeky Show, the Marginally Geeky Show, and the Sustainably Geeky Show. You can find us on social media, even though we're not that active, but still on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as long as that black hole is still open. <laughs> Where can we find you online, Ray? <laughs> what? Staying away from the cesspool of Twitter. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the real thing, yeah, you got Instagram and fixing everything from Sean on freaking Wikipedia still. Damn it, Sean. Nice. Chris, where can we find you online? Uh, all the shows you mentioned and on Instagram at Moody Midlife. And you can follow my individual wacky adventure online at Optimus Gene on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For everyone on the site, have a good night. of the Epically Geeky Network.